here we go. It's Tuesday. It's Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Dave Carney. That is Rick Solom. And uh hope you guys are having a good day. Hope you're not too cold out there. RS, what's up, brother? You were talking about walking your dog in dangerous, dangerous icy roads. I mentioned it, yeah. My dog, Millie, it like is going insane because we just we just roam. Like we live by the golf course and we yeah, just roam. Yeah. Like, no leash, nothing. Uh, I've told the owners, you guys poop all over the golf course. No, we don't do that. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, We have designated areas for that. Uh, But we can't go out there because there's two and a half feet of snow, and she just, like, she starts, oh, let's go, and then, oh, I'm buried, I can't, and then she's stuck, like, ten feet out, and then has to turn around and come back, and she's super annoyed. Yeah, not a problem for my dog. He is uh, all about jumping in that snow, digging in deep. Finding something new to smell, coming up looking like um, Al Pacino in Scarface. It's pretty funny. Uh, so I want to do something kind of interesting today. And if you've been with me and Rick here past couple of Tuesdays, you might notice we have tried to take on a couple of you know somewhat interesting topics, if I may say so myself. Uh, last week we talked about vaccinating, right? Whether or not to vaccinate. Matter of fact, the news clip that we had on right before we come on air is talking about that very thing. So vaccines very much in the, the national spotlight, and I thought we had a pretty interesting discussion. Today, I want to look back at the day in history that is. So it's March 5th, cold as the dickens. I have no idea what the Farmer's Almanac had to say about March 5th, 1770, but if you're a bit of a history buff, at least an American history buff like I am, and I know that Rick Solom is, then you would rightly remember that today in American history was the Boston Massacre. And in broad strokes, the Boston Massacre, a lot of things led up to it. But the broad strokes are, there was colonists upset with what they felt was egregious taxation on things like tea and lead and sugar, molasses, etc. And it boiled over into a revolt. Now, there's a lot more that goes into it than that. But the point is, March 5th, 1775, people, five American colonists died at the hand of British soldiers. And five years later, the shot heard around the world signals the beginning of the American Revolution. Now, all that said, my question is going to be pretty straight up and down today. Do you feel represented by your government? And not local government, because I think that we can go there if we want. Tim Cabot's a good dude. You've had him on the show. I like Tim. I know we've got a number of council people that listen and participate regularly. Uh, with Lacrosse Talk PM. So it's not really that, but I'm talking your state government, your federal government. Do you as a citizen feel represented? Now, many people on the right, and again, if you've never heard me on this program, I don't carry flags. I'm no D, I'm no R. Big or little on each. I'm an independent arbiter of information. I'll go where it goes. But do you guys on the right feel that you're well represented now? House of Representatives is set to seek 10 years tax returns on Donald Trump. The House Oversight Committee is about to subpoena 85 or so people in his camp. The Senate is blocking the emergency declaration that President Trump has set in place to fund his border wall. Conversely, if you're a Democrat, do you feel represented by the people like AOC and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren in Congress or even in your own state? Uh, The Better Hearing Center talking text line, Rick, number is... 608-785-7914. It's been a whole week, and I forgot the number. So we'd love to hear from you. 785-7914. We've also got this Facebook Live thing going. What's happening? You want to send send us a message there on Facebook, too? We'll take it. 
So let me ask you, do you feel represented? You're a Minnesotan, but you work here in Wisconsin. Do you feel generally represented by your government, state or federal? I think we're like in a like a waiting period with the governor, right? Like we're just trying to we're waiting out to see what happens with this budget, and we're going to fight about that for how long? All year? Or are we going to fight about that for the rest of the year? Oh, at least part of nothing it. happens. Oh, part of it. By the end of it, he'll just, you know, we'll have a new governor, probably. It'll take four years. So do you feel generally represented, though? Uh, I don't I don't even know. I, don't, I have no idea. Like, it's like because all it is is we have a Democratic governor. People will probably say I'm a... A, what, what, a liberal hack job. I think I, that's what Eric calls me. I think so. And then, I think uh, most And then we have uh, Republicans in the other powers that be in the government, right? And they're a check on each other, and that the check ends up just being like we're going to box each other out and not so let what? anything get done. Sure. So probably not. Okay. All right, so that said, we're going to step aside, take a quick look at some local news. The Better Hearing Center talking text line is 785-7914. I'd love to get you in on this program. It's Lacrosse Talk PM. It's Dave and Rick. Tuesday, Lacrosse Talk PM, Dave and Rick in the saddle, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line 608-785-7914. You want to get on the phone, we'd love to have you. You want to send us a text message, we'll take you there too. Mary's up with us first here, Rick, and we're talking about um, whether or not we feel represented by our government, and I mean specifically state and federal government. Mary, welcome to the program. How are you today? I'm good. So what's on your mind, Mary? Do you feel represented by your government in general? I know we can get nitpicky about things. I do. Explain. Um, what's going on on the other side of the aisle, like AOC, scares the living daylights out of me. I mean, I, first of all, I don't think she's qualified for the position that she has. I don't mm-hmm. think she understands even a third of what she's talking about. Okay. She just throws things out there. Um, the president even did a sort of a joke on it at CPAC. Um, he was talking about wind. He said, well, wind energy really doesn't work for all the time because you need to have wind. He said, darling, darling, I want to watch a TV show tonight. We don't have any wind. What can we do? We want to watch a movie. And he was he was hysterical. But... Um, no, I, I I just feel like everything on the other side of the aisle, meaning the Democratic group that they've got in there now, there's a group of them that they're, they're um, well, they're socialists. So let me, <laughs> there's no other word for it. Let me and walk you back real that's quick. not what America's ever been about. Okay. People take a lot of pride in their country and their work efforts, and we can always find room for improvement and to bring new people in, but... Um, I think a lot of those people just need to go, and I heard something rather upsetting. Hillary Clinton was um, on a television show the other night, and she was talking to different groups of people, and she said she's not going to run this year, but that she's still not going to be quiet. She's going to go out and talk to people and get their opinions on this, but she was talking about the state of Wisconsin, that's when my ears perked up. And she said the reason that she didn't win the state of Wisconsin is because people were blocked from voting here, thousands of them, because of their race, the color of their skin, or their ethnicity. And I just thought, boy, she needs to be called on that. Well, you know, I always hate it, Mary, um, 
when unfounded claims are made by any party. Um, but let me just walk back to something that you mentioned earlier, because I asked in general if you felt well represented by your government. You said yes, except for the Democrats. So the answer is really, Mary, no, you don't feel well represented because in, in this particular country... Well, what's going on right now with the Democrats, that some of the new ones that they brought in, um, I don't know what they're about. It's, it's so radical and ridiculous. I mean, this AOC, she went from being a bartender to a Congress person and the... The Muslim gal that um, the president today was going to go and speak to Speaker Pelosi to see if she couldn't be put off of the Foreign Relations Committee, that she should not be on there. And there are people in the Democratic Party that want her off of that, too. She's causing a lot of problems with anti-Semitism. And... Um, She's quite something. I mean, yeah, she's... I don't, know um, I don't know anything about that, lady. I've, I've heard that story. And, Mary, I'm going to let you off oh here yeah. because I want to continue The other thing on. I wanted to comment on was you mentioned the vaccinations. Uh, yes, last week we talked about that, yes. And um, I think that the parents have the right to refuse vaccinations, but then I think the state that they're in should be able to refuse them coming into public school. I, I think they should have to be homeschooled or private tutored or something else. I think that's fair. Because they're talking about putting other children at risk. Sure. I think that's fair. Um, Mary, I really appreciate your call today. I know this is an interest. It's a very elaborate topic, so I appreciate your uh, participation. The Better Hearing Center, talking text line 785-7914. Um, Rick, with respect to a couple of the um, the items that Mary brought up, I'm not well versed in uh some of the senators, AOC, I've, I've heard the name, and I know some of what it is that she has proposed. Uh, the other gal, I, I don't even know her name, so I would hate to comment Elon, on Elon that. Omar. Okay, she's Elon Minnesota. Omar. Okay. She's uh, AOC, and I, and you know, sure, equivalent sure. to Minnesota. Okay, and I've seen some of what has, has come out, and I think there was an off-color joke or a tweet or a post. At least that is what I'm recalling off More the top of my head. Okay, uh, and is that great? No, I, I don't think that's good. And I, I really... The basis of my conversations here with you guys and what I want to try to get to on Tuesdays and why I asked Mary if she felt well represented is to find some common ground. And oftentimes I think we're slaves to our egos in a way, if that makes sense. When we as individuals get behind something, whether it be a sports team, and I do a morning sports show on WKTY from 6 to 9. So whether it be a Packers team or a Brewers team or a political party like Democratic Party or Republican Party, um, whether it's religion, but ideologies become our individual makeup. And oftentimes it's hard for us to take into account some of the nuance that happens when the ideologies in which our, our personas are very much tied to become challenged. And that's why many years ago I abandoned all hope for a political party save. And I, like Mary, don't think it's great. In many cases, what's going on with Democrats? But unlike Mary, I don't think it's great. What goes on with many Republicans? That's where I sort of came to the idea, maybe it's ill-founded, that the Constitution of the United States was set to such a high degree that it would be able to withstand all political parties. Now, this is something that you know a lot of people forget. The political parties of the day, right, when we're talking about the ratification of the Constitution, were the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. The Federalists wanted strong national government. Anti-Federalists wanted state power. Okay, today we have Republican and Democrat. It's interesting that neither of those, anti-federalists or federalists, have a whole lot to do today except for maybe the strong national government with anything that we could resemble um, from our nation's history. 
Uh, Rick, let's go back to the phone, 75-79-14. Who's up? Carol. Carol, hi, how are you? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing well, doing well. So what do you good. think, Carol? You, you feel generally represented by your government? I'm not in lacrosse. Okay. Explain. I mean, I have called the, the mayor several times, and I can't ever get him. Because and I am not not going to leave a message because I'm sure he won't call me back. But I think that um, I voted for Donald Trump and I wish that that they would just the the liberals would leave him alone and let him do his job. I voted for him because number one, I don't want all these people coming across the border. We have enough people in this country that we cannot feed ourselves that are going to be put on. Medicare slash Medicaid, which is the same as Medicare, and we, you know, I've, I've worked all my life to be able to collect Medicare, and so has other people in this country, but it just doesn't seem like anybody cares anymore. Hmm. And okay. I'm sure the Constitution will be gone if anybody has anything to do with it. Well, I'll tell you this, Mary, and, you know, not to, uh, Carol, excuse Carol. me, not to diminish, <laughs> apologize, Carol, um, not That's to all right. diminish um, your affection for President Trump, but I would say that, you know, and many Republicans, I think, are beginning to show a little um, uh, reticence to the idea of the creation of this national emergency uh, for the border wall. And one of the reasons I would say, Carol, uh, that becomes such a, a dangerous precedent to set is simply that what you just mentioned, Carol, in that you want your president to do his job and you know, perhaps you don't like the way the other side is taking it, the precedent that that sets by declaring national emergency, um, this is a newer apparatus with respect to the American Constitution and how a president gets powers. Very new, as a matter of fact, within the last 70 years. The point being, if this happens with Trump and he gets his national emergency, which, by the way, the House has rejected, the Senate has also rejected, Donald Trump's going to have to veto uh, their resolution to block, it'll go back to the House, and it'll pass there, and it'll get fought in the Supreme Court. Uh, that's what'll happen. But the point is this. Agree with Donald Trump or not today, he's not going to be president forever. And I can guarantee you that if Mary and Carol are a little worried about the so-called growing radical left, be very concerned, very concerned about what the precedent of declaring national emergencies for things that are frankly not national emergencies will do. And I can put this as an example. Imagine if Barack Obama's signature legislation, the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, if you will, imagine if that was declared a national emergency and funds were moved from military operations and apparatuses around the world or even here at home in order to fund a Medicare for All system. Imagine that. Imagine somebody in the future, AOC, for example, gets into office and says, we've got a national emergency on guns. This is a problem. People are dying at, at, at a more rapid rate than they ever have by handgun violence. And so a national emergency means we're going to put a national registry together, and if you've got a gun, you've got to come and tell us about it. And as a matter of fact, we're going to ask that you turn most of them in. Or we're just going to make it to where you can't sell them, you can't pass them on to your kids, and we're going to move money from... Something else where construction battalions would need this in points far and wide across this world where we operate as the United States military. Imagine that. So for everybody that's like, yeah, go get them, Don, this, this is a very, very, very dangerous road to go down. 
Well, I think the state is giving five million dollars to lacrosse for the lacrosse center. Let's say we let's say they take that. We're going to take that five million dollars from the lacrosse center, and we're going to you know send it off to whatever national emergency. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know that it would work the same with state and federal dollars. I'm not sure, but to your point, yeah, imagine that you've got money that's allocated, and then it's just gone because there's a declared national emergency. Now, in in, in extreme cases, right, the idea of the national emergency. Declaration and, and what this was intended to do is for calamity, guys and gals. I mean, calamity, outright calamity. We don't have that right now. So the point to make here, and just to kind of keep into your mind's eye, isn't that Trump's right or Trump's wrong, because that's an opinion that you can have, and that's fine. The point is, setting a precedent with respect to a president in, in office is one that you have to. I, I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. You have to be real careful with. All right, seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. Uh, we got another call, Rick. Who's up? Justin. Justin, hi. How are you, man? Hey, David. How are you doing? Doing good. Um, I know you're coming up on the break here, so I'll try to be quick. Um, I think the more realistic scenario of uh, in the ones that you kind of propose there are uh, climate change sure. as the national emergency. Sure. There's, there's more. Um, because right off the bat, the Pentagon, in their own reports and their own papers, says that climate change is a threat to national security because if it does come about and sea levels rise and weather patterns change and there's famines and things, there's going to be wars over that. So the quickest, easiest way uh, to address that would be declare a national emergency, divert uh, military funds to address um, uh, the green agenda or whatever you sure. want to call sure. it. The new green so, um, and, and that's even more applicable. So if this, if this border wall goes through as a national emergency, a future president will have a heck of a lot easier time um, calling a, a national emergency over climate change. No question. Um, no question, ma'am. And, and Justin, this is, I'm glad that you called, and, and I want to just continue this for a brief moment. Um, th- this is something that I don't think that people are properly um, conceptualizing. It is not the moment that we're in, right? Because we're all slaves to the moment, and, and I get it. I, I fall into that camp, too. But what happens when you give XYZ president, this kind of power. The beauty of our country and the Constitution and the, the, the whole way that this is set up is there's three equal branches of government, right? They're all supposed to check each other to where, like Rick mentioned, you know, sometimes not much happens, right? So in this case, however, you do set this precedent where if you give Donald Trump the ability to set a national emergency for something that his own security apparatus is really not a national emergency, uh, you're right, man. Climate change is probably the best example because you're right. The Pentagon's already yeah. said this is a problem. And, and what it really comes down to is, um, I'll, I'll throw the party out there, it's the GOP failing to do their part. Because the Supreme Court's going to be okay with Congress abdicating and giving some of these uh, powers to the president via the legislation they've done in the past. Sure. All right, brother. We're going to let you off the hook here. we got to go take a break for some news. Justin, great call. The Better Hearing Center talking text line 785-7914. Uh, is wide open. We've got another call online, so get yourself in here now. We'll come back with uh, one more. Stick around. It's Dave and Rick, Lacrosse Talk PM, WIZM News Talk, fourteen ten AM, ninety two three FM. The Better Hearing Center talk and text line is open this afternoon at seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. Want to thank uh, Mary. I want to thank Carol. I want to thank Justin for participating today. Uh, the question that I've got this afternoon is simple: Do you feel represented by your government? And and just so you understand where I'm coming from, if you're just tuning in right now, and it's a shade after 5.30. I'm not affiliated to a political party. All right? I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I can see sides with both. I disagree generally with both. 
But the reason I was pondering whether you feel represented by your government is because there's a confluence of events right now. So in history today, March 5th, 1770, a group of American colonial, uh, colonialists, excuse me, if I can say that, uh, got shot down by some British soldiers. Uh, the Boston Massacre, five years later, the start of the American Revolution. Uh, here we are, a couple hundred years of some change later, and uh, we're faced with a number of different what some people would call crises. Uh, crises of confidence, maybe. Crises at the border. I mean, depending on how you view things and, and where you get your information from, you can see crises everywhere. So my question in general, since we come from this place of no taxation without representation, do you feel represented by your state, your federal government? I know Carol said she didn't feel represented by Mayor Cabot. Can you perhaps drop this guy a line and say, look, Carol from La Crosse wants to talk to you. Well, Please give her a call back. Um, if you follow Mayor Cabot on Facebook... Or just like I think I have my, I think he has a, a like page. You'll see he comments to people on oh, Facebook. Okay. And so Carol made phone calls. Like when you go, I tried to contact the mayor. He didn't answer his phone. Nobody answers their phone anymore. No. And no. then uh, I didn't leave a message. Well, you know what? Like you didn't leave a message. That's kind of on you. See, now I appreciate it when people that I know call my cell phone and don't leave messages because they know I'm not going to listen. Yeah. But I know they called because I know your name. Yeah. And I've got you locked in, so I'm going to call you back and say, hey, Rick, what's happening, man? Let's shake a bit. Yeah. But if I don't know Carol, I, I wouldn't know how to get back to her. Um, all right, speaking of getting back, let's get back to our own phone line. The better the record, we have a lot of texts that it, like, oh, whenever you want. Excellent. To. Well, let's take a phone call. Uh, who do we have with us? Eric. Hi. How are you, Eric? Oh, my bad. Here we go. Ah, uh, Eric, what's happening, brother? Yeah, AOC, is, she's kind of out of her mind, I do believe. <laughs> I, think she's, I think she's smart also because... When they go so far left like she does, they'll get closer to where they want to be because they know that nothing's going to happen now. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. That makes oh, sense. Okay. Another thing. Another thing. Yep. The second thing is I'm sick and tired of hearing these people, pundits all over the world saying, the country saying, we're the richest nation in the world. Why can't we help these people? When we're $22 trillion in debt, where's the money going to come from? Every man, woman, child in this country owes the government $67,000. That's the last thing I heard. Thanks. Eric, always good to have you, brother. I love the fire. love the passion. 785-7914. All right, so um, let's let's go to the Better Hearing Center text line, Rick. Okay, a lot of people are, are kind of just kind of the same thought here. Okay. Let's see. We have upwards of 22 million people here illegal. Our, our, our borders are porous. So I'm just I'm grammar checking okay, here. Drugs sure, sure. coming in, anchor babies, chain migration, human trafficking, wow. et cetera. Give me a break. You guys bring up climate change. Exactly why we elected Trump to care for the outright foolishness and, yes, the national emergency. Okay. I think he's missing the point on the climate change thing. Right, right. Uh, Justin was actually uh, with us, and thank you for texting the uh, Better Hearing Center talking text. We appreciate you guys. Um, Justin was just mentioning, and, and really the juxtaposition of all this and why I think we got onto that particular subject was just that. Uh, in the de- declaration of this national emergency, which, Rick, yes, there, there have been national emergencies declared by every president since it came into effect in 1976. So Gerald Ford started it, and uh, really, except for him, everybody else has, has had one. Uh, they have generally not involved a, a lot of domestic maneuvering it is so far as what we have seen here. The, the thing that scares me a little about what we're looking at, the optics of this national emergency, or A, and not to disagree with your, your math there, but we have not heard the ideas of this mass migration, the anchor babies is mostly from uh, wealthy Asian countries, not generally uh, poor migrants. Um, 
But also, this is not, according to, again, the national security experts, I'm not making this up, this is not a national emergency. And so the problem that we've got with this particular way to go about this, right, is you have a president who asked for money from Congress. They said no, and then he said, I'm going to declare a national emergency and said, I don't have to do it, but I want to. So understanding that, each president, Bill Clinton, had 17 uh, national emergencies, most to do with foreign countries. Um, Go ahead and set this precedent. And then when somebody like um, AOC, for example, because I see that's a hot name here, let's say she gets elected someday. Would you like the same precedent to be set? She goes to Congress and says, hey, I want this, and they say no, and she's like, I'm going to do it anyways. Like, is that what we want from presidents? Um, none, of the, no, none of the times emergency powers have been invoked since 1976, the year Congress enacted the National Emergencies Act, involved a president making an end run around lawmakers to spend money on a project they had decided against funding. Right. So Congress holds the power of the purse in this country, right? Like, Congress, if we wanted to be wholly constitutional, should be who prints money, right? The Federal Reserve, Rick, was created in... I want to say 1919, right around there, maybe 1909. I'm forgetting my specific date. Uh, but the Federal Reserve was created because we would had a number of depressions in this country. People think of the 1930 depression as like the depression. Uh, there's been a lot of depressions in America, like a lot, okay? So prior to even the 1931, it became very clear uh, that the Congress wasn't cut out to necessarily print the money. But the Congress has the purse strength. So when Congress said, no, we're not funding this, that should be it. Now, if there were truly a national emergency, we would have evidence, not anecdotal evidence, but specific pointed evidence that says this is a national emergency. And to Justin's point, uh, that's what the Pentagon has said about climate change. Now, I'm not saying I agree with that. All I'm saying is he's right. That's what the Pentagon has said. So if we start down a road in which we allow things to go counter to how the framers of this country's Constitution set it up, we all suffer the peril of those consequences. And if you think that we don't, I'm going to have to tell you, you are being slightly obtuse because nothing ever gets lessened with time, right? Like, so Donald Trump's not easing up on executive orders, which, by the way, Barack Obama signed way more executive orders than George Bush, who signed way more executive orders than Bill Clinton, who signed, God, way more executive orders than George H.W. Bush, who signed more than Reagan. So you follow that logic. It's only going to increase. So be very, very careful what you hope to see happen in the moment because the, the lens of history, and again, tying this back to the Boston Tea Party, we're talking March 5th, 1770, no taxation without representation in essence. You break that system up of representative government, equal powers, checking and saying, hey, no, yes, okay, before coming to a consensus, and we all suffer for this. I'm sorry, there's not an... Easy way around that. Seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. Rick, text. Um, now I'm on the uh, Facebook Live comment okay. section, and this is from Trish. It's kind of long. I get a little worried at the federal level. She she was praising uh, local government before. Uh, people much younger than I are worried that our current president chumming up with nations that historically have held have intended to do harm uh, and destroy our country is yeah. frightening. Yeah, yeah. I would I would I would say this again. Um, Always great to have international accord with other nations. Really good. I've had an occasion or two to work with Sean Hannity, who is a great portion of this particular radio station, WIZM. Sean Hannity would have been apoplectic had Barack Obama sat down at a table with Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un, Xi Jinping, had 
potentially, and we don't know that this is true or not, but the House Intelligence Committee is going to ask to see if it's true, potentially ask translators to hand over their notes from a conversation he had with a foreign president, a president who, by the way, Vladimir Putin, uh, that is a direct adversary of the United States. I can only imagine what my good friend Sean would have had to say. Uh, similarly with uh, Kim Jong-un. I mean, this guy's an absolute dictator. There's no way around that. And I don't think anybody in the international community is, you know, couching that fact. Uh, I, I find it very interesting, and I think that, to our texter's point here, it's all very troubling. I mean, this is all very troubling because, again, we live in the moment, right? So today, it's Trump and Kim Jong-un, and, and some people might think, okay, that's fine. But what happens when it's, I don't know, AOC and, you know, who's the president of Canada? Trudeau, right? What if they get together and their socialist agendas go all crazy? I mean, are we going to look at this the same? I have a hard time with that. All right, again, the Better Hearing Center talking text line 785 This is a very important message here. Oh. From Valerie. This is a good conversation. Lacrosse has some intelligence. Whoa. <laughs> I like that. All right, so we're going back to the phones. Rick, who's up next? Eric's back. Oh, Eric. Hi, bud. As far as I'm concerned, the only expenditure of government funds is for the national defense of this country, period. Nothing less, nothing more. Okay. That's the number one purpose of our government. Thank you. All right, Eric. Appreciate your call, man. Um, so the national defense, one of the few things that the framers of the Constitution really thought, okay, uh, yeah, we can see some money going there. We can see that being a thing. Uh, but even those guys, John Adams, for example, uh, the attorney for the British soldiers who shot the American colonialists. John Adams was so pro-actual jury trials, juries of your peers. He, he took the trial outside of Boston, had non-Bostonians be the jury. John Adams got the British soldiers acquitted. He became the second president. John Adams didn't want to see a sitting army in the United States. There was a number of early presidents that didn't think we should have one, but they understood the national defense had to be there. Uh, this country's come a long way, okay? And I, I think sometimes we, we don't recall our origins. It sounds great, Fourth of July, we light off fireworks, and we watch a cool movie. We see some war that we won, and we're like, yeah, we're great. We're America. This thing has been hard fought. This whole American experience continues to be to this day, right? Men and women across the globe dying for you and I to be able to have these conversations. But this is also a very tenuous experiment. There has never been in history, Rick, a democratic republic that's lasted as long as the United States of America. Do you know why? Because at a certain point, people become apathetic. And if you don't have an informed electorate, especially with the complexities of what we have going on today, you're liable to get what you asked for, which, again, is leadership by virtue of dictatorship and or autocracy and or plutocracy. Uh, those with the means, like the golden rule is kind of like this. It's not due unto others. Whoever's got the gold makes the rules. The mechanisms of this country's governance are such that it should, it should, as long as everybody's doing their job, okay, senators, congressmen, the president himself, as long as everybody's doing their job, this country should be built upon a foundation that's unshakable. Unfortunately, when we as a general public, an uneducated electorate, start to lose track of that and say, hey, you know, we talked about this last week with vaccines. Yeah, I don't care if I lose that little bit of freedom. I just want to keep the, the safe. Okay, I'll give up this little bit of freedom. Okay. All right. Careful what you wish for. You just might get it. All right. Who's up next? Triple O Tom. Triple O Tom. What's happening, man? 
Well, I'm going to talk a little bit and then ask you some questions. I guess I'll start by asking you a question. Uh, first of all, the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, they were all both wonderful people and very diligent and concerned people. Yes. I'm going to ask you why you think America ended up with the Bill of Rights. Well, they ended up with the Bill of Rights because a number of the uh, uh, the framers of the Constitution didn't feel like fully, uh, the Anti-Federalists most specifically, that the Constitution in itself would enumerate all of the rights. The Federalists said the Constitution should just explain it all. Uh, the Anti-Federalists said, no, we need a Bill of Rights, which originally was 17, got pared down to 12, and eventually ratified for 10. So that's why. Okay, but what was the specific reason they pressed the issue? So that the federal government didn't take over everything, Tom. That's why, because the Anti-Federalists, as, as they should have been, were rightly concerned about an overreaching federal government. The Federalists said, no, 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 the Constitution is going to be fine. There's been other Bill of Rights, right, the British Bill of Rights in and of itself. Uh, the Anti-Federalists said, no, we need to have a Bill of Rights to specifically lay out. This, we need specifics. We want to go through a checklist of things that we can make sure that we're going to keep as American citizens. The tenth of which, by the way, says everything not enumerated in one through nine goes back to the states. Uh, we're in the state of Wisconsin. Rick, let's take our final break of this day. We'll come back and wrap up. It's a little crosstalk PM. It's Dave and Rick in Seattle. Stick around. Lacrosse.com PM, WIGM, News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. I'm Dave. He is Rick Solem. Thanks for being with us today. The Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line is open at 785-7914, at least for the next four minutes. Um, Rick, coming up tomorrow on the program, I want to give you a, a second to explain what you are going to do here because I think you've got an interesting topic of conversation for listeners. Well, tomorrow I'm going to have a couple of criminal law experts in, and they've done some studies on downtown cameras in lacrosse. And they're they're just gonna we're gonna talk about whether or not downtown cameras are effective for police. Interesting. All right, I'll be listening. I uh, hope you're listening too. And if you ever want to watch the show, you can go to Facebook and check out our Facebook live stream. Um, the Better Hearing Center Tech Center uh, seventy five seventy nine fourteen's got a couple good ones. Um, which one do you want to read first? All right. So you were talking about like uh, we represent the government by voting. Yes. Um, so libertarian guys text in and. Educated electorate is extremely important, Dave. I dislike get-out-the-vote efforts because it encourages people who are not informed to vote. I agree. Um, I, I surely agree. But, you know, and when we think about the history of voting, uh, the vote wasn't exactly a um, broad thing back at the beginning of this country. You had to be a white property owner. And I think that there was... Now, some thought behind that that only those people had any idea of what was going on. Obviously, we've morphed uh, quite a bit, and for good reason, I think. But uh, I agree with your assessment in, in the most part in that, you know, get out the vote. Vote for something you don't understand is a dangerous, dangerous thing to do. So, therefore, uh, it would be great if everybody took more interest in who it is they were voting for, but the reality is... Well, the problem there, too, is, like, if I'm going to inform myself to vote one way or the other, who's informing me? Well, that's – this, again, is where – I think the, the computer is a brilliant thing, right? So I can go down any rabbit hole for 8, 12, 14 hours over a weekend. You have to be careful not to go down a specific hole. But if you give yourself enough time to do enough source checking, you might be able to come up with consensus. But I agree, it's – not necessarily easy work. All right, so we've got another one, too. Yeah, the other text is, Trump is the only one representing the people who elected him. Well, he is representing the people who elected him. That's, that's fair. That would be interesting. But yeah, then he said who elected him. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know that I can disagree with that. I mean, Trump is, um, I mean, say what you will. I mean, he's, he's got a base, and he's playing to it, 
right? I mean, he's, he's a showman. Um, Carol called us earlier, and I think she was taking exception with uh, AOC being, uh, you know, in, unqualified for her particular job. What's Donald Trump ever done? I mean, he was a TV star. He sold bad wine and steaks nobody would eat. He's a failed college thing that's a hoax. And is he really representing the people who elected him, or is he making it seem like he's You know what? That's, that's, a, that's a loaded question. I don't know. I think if... You have one minute. Let go. No, well, I, I was going to say we have two minutes, so I've got more time. I think that when you ask, are they, you know, is Donald Trump representing the people that elected him? They say yes. Perception is reality to a large degree. So if they say yes, then yes. We could argue different. That doesn't mean they feel different. This is the problem, though, and we talked about this briefly at about 5.15 or so today. The identity politics that we play, personal identity is attached to all sorts of things, right? So you're a Vikings fan or a Packers fan or you go to a Methodist church or a Baptist church or you vote Democratic or you vote Republican. You know, you, you, you hold those things as like points of pride, right? And when somebody attacks those things, that's also attacking your ego. That's a shallow way to look at stuff, especially when it comes to politicking in the democratic republic that we are. Again, I'm not saying we shouldn't like the people that are elected to do a job, but I think we should look at them as what they are. They're servants of ours, and when they don't do the will of the people, we should check them, okay? That's number one, okay, as far as Bill of Rights goes. The right of the people to petition the government peaceably. You can get there. When you talk about informed voters, we've dumbed down voting to an R and a D, right? Like that. Yes. Like there's the hardest when you get the ballot. The hardest votes to to uh, to check off are the ones where you're like a uh, school, you know, school superintendent. Or I don't know like who that. I'm supposed there's to vote for. R and D. What do I do? You know what? I think that's actually interesting, and unfortunately, <laughs> damn it, next week. we're out of time. I think that's interesting because what if the simple solution for now was just to take off party affiliation? You actually kind of had to know. Who it is you're voting for? That'd be interesting. Thanks again for being with us, everybody. Really appreciate you. 785-7914 is always the number in which to get in touch here with WIZM. Recommend you check out our website, WIZMnews.com, for all the best local and national news. I'll be back next Tuesday. Be sure to tune in to Rick tomorrow.